Well, let's say this Twinkie represents the normal amount of psychokinetic energy in the New York area. According to this morning sample, it would be a Twinkie 35 feet long, weighing approximately 600 pounds. <coughs> That's a big Twinkie. Welcome, students of Cobra Kai, to Geek Salad episode 95. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> I'm Andy. I'm Mike. And we have a couple of special guests tonight. Uh, Joe. Hello. Show number three of you, sir. That's right. Welcome Thank back. You. Thank you. And uh, we also have my lovely wife, wife, Autumn. Hi. She'll be here as well to talk about some of the other movies today. We're talking about the movies of 1984, which, when you, when you talk about these movies, it's like, okay, well, it's just another year. This isn't just any year. This for is movies. the year of the 80s movie. This was a huge year for 80s movies. Greetings, Starfighter. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Sewer and the Kodan Armada. I yeah. didn't even realize it until I started looking at the list of the top grossing movies and, like, the IMDb Top mm-hmm. 100. Good. God, there's a, good, a lot of good stuff in here. I would, I'm just looking at the list of the Top 20, and I would say. Two-thirds two to three-quarters three quarters of them are really good movies. Not only that, they've garnered multiple uh, viewings. And, they're, and they're, still, they're still around. They're still very watchable. And they, yeah. Yeah, they, still, they hold up very well yeah. over time. Very, yeah, exactly, considering you know, how dated 80s movies are. Yeah. So um, let's get started. For, we have a lot to talk about, so we're just going to just jump headfirst in here with uh, Chris Cultural Corner. KKK, that's not good. And Chris writes, hello Geek Salad crew. Before I get to the topic at hand, I was saddened to learn of the passing of one of the stars and co-writers of the best grossing film of 1984, Ghostbusters. That is Harold Ramis. Uh, He'll be sorely missed. Moment of silence, please. Actually, why don't we just play the clip? Very handy, I can tell. I bet you like to read a lot, too. Print is dead. Oh, that's very fascinating to me. I read a lot myself. Some people think I'm too intellectual, but I think it's a fabulous way to spend your spare time. I also play racquetball. Do you have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Um, first up on Chris's list is Splash, one of Tom Hanks's first movies. Great performance by John Candy as well. Thank you for letting me use your television. It was very educational. All right, miss. Uh, what's your name? It's hard to say in English. Well, just say in your language. All right. My name is...
Hey, how about those Knicks? <laughs> Splat. Well, Splash is the first Disney movie where you see butts. Well, it was. It was. It was the first was, movie I ever saw with nudity in it. Really? Well, it, yeah. It was their first movie on. I think on the the Touchstone imprint where they weren't. Yeah, well, that's right. That, this is the, pretty much the reason they made Touchstone. Right, because right. this actually came out under the Disney banner, and then they're like. Oh, we can't. We can't. Be maybe that. we should put a little buffer layer in well, there. Well, here's the here's the coincidental thing too. 1984 is the year they introduced the PG-13 rating. Oh yeah, because of uh. Well, right. no, no. Get. Well, I'm gonna get to it in a second. All okay, right. because yeah. it's actually next up on Chris's list. But um, I mean, Splash is a perfectly serviceable movie. Yeah, it's not Tom Hanks. You know, Tom Hanks. Well, you, know, was, you know, this was this was the pre-serious Tom Hanks. This this along with Bachelor Party. Was yeah. you know, he was still doing bosom buddies. He was well. He was at the tail end of his bosom buddies career. He was still doing kind of comedy and stuff like that before he, he figured he could be a twenty million dollar picture actor. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can, you can't forget Joe versus a volcano as well. Oh, oh yeah. You. <laughs> the other <laughs> island movie. <laughs> um, and you know, well, I was going to skip right over that and go into yeah, big. Skip say, over. You know, big was when he made that transition. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it was more t- closer to the Burbs, sir. <laughs> the Burbs. Yeah. But I mean, this is also Daryl Hannah's one of her first films. Yeah. I think she was in a really bad movie with um, Peter Gallagher called Summer Lovers. The, the aforementioned where she but- fell in love with um, you know his left eyebrow and then the right <laughs> eyebrow got jealous. And so it rose up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, how often do you get a Peter Gallagher joke on this show? <laughs> actually, um, actually, in this, ep- this episode, we're going to get a few. No. Oh, wait, no, sorry, that's Zach Galligan. Oh, okay. The, <laughs> the the funniest part about the movie Splash was the scene where they were posing as the Swedish doc- uh, scientists. And they're just trying to get <laughs> through. Right, and they're yeah. just trying to get through. And John Candy has to say something. So in oh, Swedish, yeah. he just says, hey, babe, I have a 12-inch penis. <laughs> No wonder it was on the touchstone. My dad took us to see this movie. It was for my sister's birthday, and my dad just let out like this bellowing laugh. <laughs> and I had no idea. I was like, well, how did he know what, how to say that in Swedish? Now, the only the only thing that really stood out for me about Splash was the the song "Wooly Bully" was played at the beginning. Okay, when you first fell off fell off the. Um, Fell off the, the ferry or the, the boat yep. into the water. And that's the song they played was Wooly Bully. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen this movie forever, by the way. Yeah. No. no. No, the first time I watched it was on uh, HBO on cable. Oh, jeez. <laughs> My mom's not home. Well, let me see Daryl Hannah's exactly. butt during the end. <laughs> and Liberty Island. Hey, hey. Hey, I'm 10 years old. I don't understand why I like it, but I do. <laughs> All right, next up on Chris's list is the first PG-13 movie ever. Red Dawn. Avenge me! Avenge me! Chris says he loves this movie because it was Cold War era Red Scare and if um with a scenario and it was a very entertaining movie. Wolverines! <laughs> I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. If I had to depend on the liberties of my country being preserved by the high school football team. <laughs> then just send me to Red Square right now and give me some borscht because, <laughs> God, we are screwed. You went to high school with me. Joe, oh, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to leave the defense of my country to the ring. Yeah, uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> and then, Comrade, we sell, we, we sell it out for a case of beer. <laughs> now, now, mind, now, mind you, this was 1984, the height of the Cold War and military spending, but we're going to be taken over by Cuba. Yeah. Cuba is somehow going to make it all the way to Colorado. <laughs> Okay? No, like, they're not going to stop at Florida and say, hey, you know what? I kind of like it here. 
Here's an idea. Why don't we invade the most land, one of the most landlocked, mountainous areas? You know, we're, ta- we're talking about a nation that still has cars from the 1950s as their mo- main mode of transportation. That's they're true. Gonna, they're going to take over the most powerful military in the world. <laughs> in Colorado. In Colorado. And, and I'm sure Reagan's just like, yeah, let them have it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll rebuild. Of course, now I'd be like, oh yeah, we don't care. We really don't care anymore. Well, it's Colorado, and uh, it's fine. Just, just let it go. Just take it. Take it. Take it. I, I, really, at, I at, really could care. While you're at it, take Arizona. <laughs> there you go. All right, next up on Chris's list. Well, this is fitting. Revenge of the Nerds. Love this movie. Curtis Booger Armstrong's breakout <laughs> performance. And from the Lambda Moo team, Dudley Dawson. Booger. Booger. Milking that. Oh, oh yes, he is. <laughs> Did you Almost 30 years later, he's still milking it. Did you ever see that Simpsons episode where they were watching the movie and it was like starring Curtis Booger Armstrong, produced by per- Curtis Booger Armstrong? The yeah. filmmakers would like to thank Curtis <laughs> Booger Armstrong <laughs> and the rest of the Booger Armstrong family. Um, you know, at least Ogre went out to the green pastures. You know, he's doing the Venture One, uh, the Venture, uh, Venture One, the, or the Capital One commercials. Who, who played Booger? I mean, um, Ogre. Ah, uh, David Gibb, I think, was his name. He's doing the capital... Is he, like, he's one, one of the Vikings? He's, he's one of the Vikings, yeah. Really? Yep. I did not know that. All I remember about this movie... Well, first of all, it was the first movie I ever saw full frontal nudity in. <laughs> um, yes. yes yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. A lot of stars in this movie, though. You had John Goodman. Yeah. Yep. Anthony Edwards. James Cromwell played... Um, that is his father. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. father, yeah. Ted McGinley. Yep. Yeah. Curtis Booger Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this name just nice. <laughs> he's, like, the, he's, he's the star. He's the shining star of that cast. It's like me with Human Centipede jokes. They just don't get old. You know? Um, I was trying. I was trying to think though about that that thing where they won their talent show by doing the most eighties music thing ever. But it's just the standard. It set the standard for every other eighties movie that had music in it afterwards. Well it's like the biggest budget like you know nerd you know boob comedy like ever. Because I think they were building up to this because you look at the early eighties, anything that had to do with camp. You know, Screwball Academy, Joysticks. It was all building up to this to this one moment. <laughs> you know, shining lights. And I think that um, the, the Carradine that is in this movie, as Lewis, went on to do nothing else but this character. <laughs> I think he's still doing sequels. Well, he's doing this character in, uh, in King of the Nerds on TBS. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, God. He and Booger. <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm telling you, they're still And this doing movie it. also tells you, by the way, that rape is okay. Yeah, exactly. As long as you've got an infectious laugh and you've worn a Darth Vader mask. Exactly. As long as you're good. You know, <laughs> you know voyeurism, A-OK. <laughs> Physical assault, A-OK. Van- public vandalism. Public vandalism, A-OK. <laughs> I think Chuck Berry went to jail for what these guys were doing. <laughs> All right, moving on. Oh, this is one of my personal favorites. Sixteen Candles. Uh, Chris Wright's is one of John Hughes' best films, in my opinion. Brat Pack Classic. 
Should we turn the music down a little bit? I'm a first-time driver. I really, I really need to concentrate. Excuse me. Stop that. <laughs> it looks like rain. Better put the top up. You stop that. You can get us a lot of trouble doing that. This is a car. Somebody's going to have a triple A on it or anything. Just a lot of I can't believe you're so popular acting like this. Hello? Oh, what? I don't know. I'll have to look. Mr. Ryan, are you in here? He's Where uh, are you? Mr. Ryan's not in right now. My Christmas present to you. Thank you. No, you're not going to see it right now. Thank you. <laughs> now we're both on the pill. I love this movie. This is John Hughes' best movie. This then I, Ferris Bueller. I have, I have a problem with the yeah. with the with the fairly pretty girl going out with a douchey guy who has drives a Porsche. <laughs> you know, I'm 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 the guy who roots for the underdog. You know. <laughs> no, I understand that. I understand that. But you know, come on, Molly Ringwald got that guy in the end. Everyone yeah, knows she got the douchey everyone guy. Everyone knows in the Porsche. she yeah. should have gone with Ducky. Come on. No, that you're thinking the wrong movie. No, but it's oh. no, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same, it's, it's, no, same, same concept. Same pretty and pink. It's the same concept. Instead of going with the guy that she should be going out with, oh, this movie is endlessly funnier. Though. Oh, it is funnier. Yeah, this I, is a, don't I mean, get me wrong; it's funny. I like, I like the Long movie. Duck Dong is one of the greatest names of a character in the history. No more Yankee me wanky. The donger need food. <laughs> I love it too because the grandparents are so like oh, yeah. you know ignorant and racist. Dong, Dong. where is my automobile? <laughs> Shouting at him as he's gonna hang over. And then uh, checking it, checking the grandfather is checking to see if the granddaughter's got boobies yet. Oh, oh that yeah, was, that's disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the music they played as soon as she like her hands went up in the air, like <laughs> pure classic. Next up on Chris's list, Gremlins, a summer of '84 movie that was an innovator of bad little critter movies to follow, like Hobgoblins, Ghoulies, and Critters. You're kidding. Dad, it's really neat. Where did you get this? Oh, some little junk store in Chinatown. Can I pick him up, Dad? Sure, go ahead. Just be careful. You gotta be gentle. I will. I hope he's housebroken. Hmm. Oh, isn't it cute? Has it got a name, Dad? Yeah, Mogwai. What? Mogwai. I don't know, some Chinese word. I just call him Gizmo. He seems to like it. Don't even put those in the same. No, Gremlins, Gremlins, set, the, Gremlins set the standard. It's just, there's no movie like it afterwards. There's no, nothing. Nothing matches that. It is one of the first comedic horrors I've ever seen. You, you want to say something? You've got a big smile on your face, huh? On my ninth birthday, I had a sleepover, and we got Gremlins, and I don't think my parents had seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so you have, like, ten nine-year-old girls. I guess we kept running up the stairs screaming, <laughs> going into my parents' room to hide. <laughs> 
know, that's like that's like me convincing my mom at ten years old. Hey, mom, can we get this movie Porky's? I hear it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh riot. I don't know. It's got to be our for language, ma. I swear. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed this movie. I, I I still think I like the second one better because it's less. It's more self aware. Then the, I mean, this one is pretty much a straight-up movie. The, it's, well, it's completely, two is a parody, a straight-up parody yeah, of completely different genre. Yeah. I, I gotta address the the thing. Go. When, when I first saw this movie, I still believed in Santa Claus. <laughs> Firmly believed in Santa Claus. So, uh, the, uh, what's her name? Oh, Phoebe Cates' character. Yeah. The, her, the, the story of yeah. the decomposing father in the chimney <laughs> Santa suit. <laughs> Was upsetting to Mentally me. Mentally traumatized. As a nine-year-old girl, I would think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't let Scarlet see this until long after long the actual... Oh, no. Yeah. Then again, you know, with, with the way movies are now, I seriously doubt she's going to... You know, she'd get, like, through the first 15 minutes before she's like, this doesn't make any sense at all. I mean... Is that is that Galligan's character? Is he a, is he a grown-up? Is he a, a teenager? Because he's got a job at a bank... But he plays with a lot of toys. toys. He's being given toys for Christmas. His dad is going out to find him the perfect Christmas gift. Yeah. Um, I, 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 boy. I, got, I, got, I got no fears of dad at my house. <laughs> oh, and, yes, Mr. Hoyt Axon. Yeah, Hoyt Axon. My, 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 my God. And when can you feed them? Exactly. It's when always after the midnight. midnight what, yeah, exactly. What, before midnight. I, I have a, I have a We're getting into some quantum physics here. <laughs> I believe that's when it's sunrise. As soon as the sun peaks up, then you can feed them. Okay. All right. Um, but what if you take them over state lines? What if you're in Alaska? What if they've got a, like a kernel in their teeth? Exactly. It falls <laughs> what, what, if you're, what if you're on a plane flying west? How are you supposed to clean them? Don't get, don't get them wet. Don't they have saliva in their mouths? <laughs> yes, but it's in their, it's in, it's their natural fluid, so it doesn't affect them. No, you External know, you know, you know how they clean themselves? Like chinchillas in that... In that uh, like sand and stuff. They just <laughs> just to get in there and shake themselves off. Well, the other thing too is, I mean, how is it that you know it? I mean, Gizmo seemed to be very, very cool. How is it that he bred like all of these like Dick Grem, you know, Dick Mogwais? <laughs> because he's the mutant. Oh, he's the mutant. Yes, Mogwai are by by nature a really a Dick race. Okay, he was the he, he was, was the, the oddball. <laughs> but yet he spawned a whole bunch of dicks uh-huh. from mutant genes. Do you see what we're getting at, Mike? He's got the recessive gene. They all took the... Uh, the, the they got the dominant gene. The dominant gene. They got the dominant dick gene. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can make up my own science here, so yeah, don't know, mess with me. Well, that's pretty much how Gremlins decided <laughs> to go about doing it. Well, that was the point of Gremlins, too. Based on some <laughs> old Chinese myth. Yes, exactly. That and works. So, the same Chinese guy they bring out in John Carpenter movies. Luke. <laughs> hey, didn't I see you in Big Trouble in Little China? <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> all right, next up on Chris's list, Romancing the Stone, one of my favorite action-adventure movies of all time. It's right up there with Raiders, in my opinion. Uh, great chemistry between Douglas Turner and DeVito. Wrong. Oh, no. no. You know what? I, I like this I movie. Like, I really like Romancing the Stone. I don't need to go out of my way to watch it, though. No, mm-hmm. no, but it was, a, it's a, it was a good, enjoyable movie. And I hate to admit it, but this is one of those movies my mom took me to. To me to watch really? It. Oh yeah. Huh. Well, because you know what it is. It's 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 Raiders is a lost art for of chick flicks. Or it's the chick flicks. You know. Like, you know what? Yeah. It's it's the rom com of right. Raiders. You know. It's well, like it's it was, like appeals to the you know 
to the <laughs> female audience, and of course my mom yeah, is going to bring you in. Is it Michael Douglas sexy? Yeah, ma. Yeah, ma. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I've seen this once, and I enjoyed it, but I've never really had the impetus to watch it again. I've never seen it. Never? Never had any oh. desire to. Well, yeah. when we put this out, well, you put the question out on Facebook for everyone to talk <laughs> about their you know non-traditional favorite 84 movies. Andy Tatnall brought up that he loves the Billy Ocean song when the going gets tough. I had to remind him that was from its aw- this awful sequel called The Jewel of the Nile. That's right, yeah. <laughs> no, the song for this one is Romancing the Stones screamed at us by uh, Eddie Grant. Because that's a- he's just so angry. I'm romancing the stone! <laughs> Actually, when I put this up on Facebook, I got two responses. Both of them were for Romancing the Stone. All right. Yeah, um, my friend Jonna and my, uh, my old schoolmate uh, Jeff. Yeah. Both said romance in the cell. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Some people well, I mean, must have loved it uh, better than others. It was, I mean, it was the eighth highest grossing movie of the year. I mean, it was a huge It was a big movie. hit, it and it was a big hit for Robert Zemeckis. Right. Who yeah. would then the following year go give us Back to the Future. That's right. So, you know, you can't hold it against yeah. him. All right, next up on Chris's list, Johnny Dangerously. Yeah. I believe <laughs> I talked about Another this movie. good one. Chris writes, I believe I talked about this movie on a previous uh, podcast. My favorite character is definitely uh, Roman Maroney. His butchering of the, far- the Fargan in the English language is so funny, you move <laughs> to a pork sucker. You Fargan ice hole. I haven't watched this movie since high school. I don't know how well or unwell it aged. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen it since high school either. I mean, I remember when I first watched it, I thought it was the funniest thing on TV. You know... Just uh, Joe Piscopo's character for me just absolutely killed it. I thought he was the best part of that movie. Huh. Yeah, I mean, that that was funny, but I'm sure that watching it now would be like, oh, yes, we get it. Somebody did something to you once. <laughs> once. once. <laughs> All right, next up on um, Chris's list, The Natural. He writes, in my opinion, the best baseball movie ever. One of the most memorable endings to a film. Wrong again. <laughs> I put it to you, how can it be called The Natural when he uses a magic bat blade out of wood? I mean, it's, it's, because the wood is natural, okay? Let's leave, leave it, it at was that. Hit by a, it was hit by a lightning bolt, which gave it superpowers. <laughs> and it no longer becomes a natural. Now it becomes a guy wielding a magic bat. <laughs> well, everybody knows that the greatest baseball movie ever written or ever made was Bull Durham. No. Feel the dreams. No way. Oh, Bull Durham. No Hell way. yeah. Bull Durham. Thank you, Joe. Bull Durham. Adam, you have a dog in this fight. It's... Field of Dreams. No. Field of Dreams is barely a baseball Field, movie. Field of Dreams was such a, is such maudlin claptrap. Thank you. It's just, it's, yes, it's, it's, but it's maudlin claptrap that gets right in my heart. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> it, it, it's so manipulatively obvious that it's that's what it's for. But it's Bull so Durham, good. It, Bull Durham was just so... Funny, it's so real. It's just like this is this is how you think, and if you know you read books about baseball and the minor. This is leagues, how the players is, view the game. This is how you imagine minor league baseball is supposed Joe, to be like. Andy, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> oh, you I'm, talking, like, I'm talking about a porn story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but a bum. All right. Moving on, um, The Last Starfighter. Chris writes, it's a classic movie. You can say this movie was a geek's wet dream. Ugh, I don't want to think of Chris writing the word wet dream. Beating a video game only to be visited by a guy who would like to recruit you to help defend the frontier against Zur and the Coden Armada. 
I say the computer animation still holds up to this day. Again, Chris, no, it wrong. doesn't. No, no, you it are does not so wrong. I, you know, I love this movie. I've and I actually, my brother got it for me um, like five years ago on DVD, it and I watched hold. it again. And I was like, "Holy shit, this movie's bad." I still enjoy it, but damn, well, that looks well, bad. The movie, itself, the movie itself, the plot isn't bad, and the, and the scripting no. isn't bad. But the special effects, you like, oh, yeah. oh my god, we've come so far. See, here's the thing. Robert Preston is so good in such a, you know, he's, he's better than the material he's given. Hello? Excuse me, son. Store's closed, mister. I'm not here for cigarettes or bubblegum, my boy. Can you tell me the name of the person who broke the record on that game over there and where I might find him? Alex Rogan. You're looking at him. Alex Rogan. <laughs> who are you? Centauri's the name. I invented Starfighter, which is why I'm here. It is? It is. We have to talk about a matter of utmost importance. Step into my office. Right. Yeah. Now, um, when we put this to Twitter and Facebook, um, my friend at Eight Cod at Twitter uh, had some musings about some movies that we're going to talk about. For the last Starfighter, he wrote, he writes that the last Starfighter is kind of like Star Wars, kind of like Close Encounters, and kind of like ET, except none of the good parts. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will say I still enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? It's. I think it's an okay movie when you watch it on those nostalgic. Yeah. Exactly. Know, for nostalgic purposes yes. only. You know, this is this is but this is not a movie you want to watch in Blu-ray on a high def tunnel. Oh, no, no, exactly. <laughs> I'll no. say that. I see the strings. They're just flying <laughs> over there. You know, you know what? No, well, they didn't even use strings. It was all CGI. Well, no, you, can, you can still see the was, strings. But it was like Vetrick CGI. But, but, oh. Well, this was this was like the second movie after Tron to make extensive use of CGI. But you know what I equated to? If you ever watch those Pixar shorts, like if when they pack it, they patched them all yeah. together on the DVD, yeah. like the first one the with first the baby. Ones. Oh yeah, that's the, how bad. The it's... ones that look like they come with your computer now. Exactly. <laughs> Everything was just uh, like straight angles. It, uh, it kind of looked like um, very faceted. The the, the, the shape, spaceships were very faceted. It kind of looked like the uh, the Weird Al Yankovic music video for Money for Nothing. Yeah, Beverly no, Hillbillies. Did you guys ever watch the uh, Clerks animated? Yeah, series yeah. episode where Randall won the Pharaoh game. Yes. yes. Which was building pyramids, so that's what they had listed him to do. <laughs> just long, yep. long stones. <laughs> All right, uh, next up on Chris's list The Karate Kid. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? No, Sensei. No mercy. Wax on, wax off. It's all needs to be said. Oh, and you're the best. Um, Sweep the leg, Johnny. I love that song. I have an interesting story about the Karate Kid. Back when we were children, I must have been about 13, uh, we didn't own a, a VCR. But one weekend, my mother rented us a VCR. You and could one, v- You could rent VCRs? You could rent a VCR. Yeah, this is before wow. we bought our own VCR. Um, so we rented a VCR, we rented a movie. A movie. That, a movie, yeah. <laughs> and my mother let my sister pick because, let's no. be honest, she likes her better than me. Um, <laughs> so we got The Karate Kid, which we watched, and I am not, I, in no way exaggerating this, on a loop for 24 hours. 
I never need to watch The Karate Kid in mine, my wife's, or my children's lifetimes ever Ever wasn't, again. Wasn't Ralph Macchio like in his mid thirties when he shot this? <laughs> when he made this movie, it was in his mid. There was a lot of makeup to get rid of the crow's feet, you know. Guess what I'm bringing over for us to watch on your birthday? Oh, fuck <laughs> off! No. <laughs> um. So you guys feel free to muse on this one because I I, I got nothing. I, was, I was this in your wheelhouse? No, I don't. I think I've only seen this one. I've seen the Karate Kid two about a hundred times. But the first Karate Kid, I think I only saw one. This is a generational thing, I think. I, I think so. Like, you're going to say practically the same thing, right? Oh, I've seen it tons of times. The, the first Karate Kid yeah, or the yeah. second one? Hell yeah, the first one. But Peter Sinera sang the song in the second one. I know. Oh, I, I've, I've watched that video on YouTube. <laughs> I've watched that music video tons of times. Uh, sure. me. But no, the, the, yeah. the movie itself, I found it a little bit more depressing than the first one. Yeah, well. Oh, the second one? Yeah. Well, because you know, got Mr. Miyagi's like back love story from exactly. years ago. Yeah. Well, the thing, the thing about Karate Kid is, like, I found Ralph Macho's character to be such a whiny little bitch, and I wanted Johnny to sweep the leg. Yep. <laughs> Seriously, isn't that an illegal move to pick somebody in the fucking face? <laughs> well, yeah, but so is sweeping the leg. So True. you know, yeah. the judge was like. Okay, I'll let we'll, it get, go. we'll give him a little bit of leeway here. <laughs> we'll let it go this time. He made a miraculous comeback, so he's deserved a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a break there. Yeah, you know, you get beat up all the time. Actually, I was there was this one time we were at my sister's house, and yeah, ironically, my sister's house, and she found a picture of her husband from like, oh yeah, ju- I think it was a junior in high school. It might have been his high school senior picture, and. She's got the picture up in her frame, and I'm like, hey, Jason, was this picture taken before or after you were beat up by Billy Zapka and his, <laughs> his buddies on the beach? And, I, well, I think the biggest lesson that this movie can teach us yeah. is that Oriental people can do magic healing with their hands. True. <laughs> or, and every Oriental person knows karate. Yes. Every single one and of they them. know it a hell of a lot better than any American can ever do. That's true. <laughs> but they're also going to force you into slave labor, so they'll teach you how to do it. <laughs> All right. Finally, on Chris's, this ends Chris's list. Uh, what else? Ghostbusters. It was the number one movie at the box office for a reason. Funny as hell and very quotable. Even today, every time someone asks who you're going to call, I try to resist the urge to say Ghostbusters. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams. Why? It would be bad. I'm fuzzy on the whole good-bad thing. What do you mean, bad? Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Right, that's bad. Okay. All right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. Okay. I don't. I, 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 got, I, got, I got one technicality on, on Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yes, it was the number one movie... Of 1984 on a technicality. Uh, yes. It was re-released. It was really it was... re-released in 1985. Officially, the number one movie should be Beverly Hills Cop. Right. For the right. calendar year. Yeah, it, it outgrossed it for the year it came out. But yeah, you're right. The, I still the like Ghostbusters more. Yeah. Not, not that I have anything against Beverly Hills Cop. No, no. Right. Ghostbusters was the mo- the comedy of 1984, yeah. without a doubt. <laughs> So that's it. That's how uh, Chris remembers 1984. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. So we took it to Facebook. 
Um, they've got a whole lot of responses, but our friend Matt Jones wanted to bring up a couple of um, things. 1984 is a phenomenal year. I assume you'll be bringing up the biggies like Ghostbusters, Temple of Doom, Star Trek Three. Yep. I want to throw out some uh, love to Romancing the Stone, which I already talked about. Ice Pirates! Yes! Ice Pirates. Space Herpes! Yes. <laughs> Never seen Ice Pirates, I'm sorry. Robert, o- Robert Ulrich, pre-Spencer. Yeah. Pre, well, pre-death, too. Pre-death, too, yeah. <laughs> um, Matt also brings up Mu- The Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, yep. I love that, that one. That's, that actually, was a good that's movie. actually the only Muppet movie I've never seen. Really? Wow. Never seen it. Oh, it's great. Kermit gets amnesia. Mm. Yeah, because he gets hit by a bus. Or... <laughs> <laughs> so if I want amnesia, I can get, just get hit by a bus. He goes to work on Wall Street with Phil Gill and Will. Will. Will and Lil. Yep. Yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, hold it. Uh, what's your name? Um. Uh. Phil. Uh. Philip. Philip. Phil. Philip. Phil. Catchy name. Phil, I'm Bill, and this is Gil. Phil, I'm Gil, and this is Jill. Phil, I'm Jill, you know, Gil and Bill. Ah, pleased to meet you. Would you step into our office? You see, we're looking for the opinion of the common ordinary frog on the street. Oh. You see, Phil, we're in the ad game. Oh, what do you advertise? Potion breeze soap? Hmm, I never heard of that. We know. know. The truth is, Phil, our jobs are on the line. Oh. Here, sit down. Oh, yes. Hmm. We've been working all night on a new slogan. Tell us if you like it. Uh, ocean breeze soap for people who don't want to stink. Hmm. What do you think? Be frank, Phil. I don't like it. You don't? Oh. Oh. Well, how about ocean breeze soap? It's just like taking an ocean cruise, only there's no boat and you don't actually go anywhere. Why not something? Why not something from the grill, Will? I don't know. That'll make me ill. <laughs> it is. It's a fine movie. I still think the Great Muppet Caper is the best, like sequel Muppet movie. Yeah. Uh, Matt also brings up this is Spinal Tap, possibly Ooh. one of the funniest movies yeah. ever <laughs> made. Oh no! Right. I told them once, I told them a hundred times, but Spinal Tap first and Puppet showed up. It's a morale builder, isn't it? You've got a big dressing room now, isn't it? What? got a big dressing room. Oh, we've got a bigger dressing room than the Puppet, so that's refreshing. And and I was was telling you guys earlier, I was surprised that it came out in 1984, because when I first watched it, I thought it was from the late 70s, early 80s. They did a great job they, aging them. It, they yeah. did. It, it, you get the feeling like this is like Led Zeppelin, you know, like taking place at the same time like Led Zeppelin's touring the U.S. or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Um, at 8, Cod writes about Spinal Tap. It's the only time my marching band instructors understood what I was referencing. Uh, Cleveland! Oh, uh, God. This, seriously, is one of the greatest... It, it, first of all, it's got one of the greatest being thrown under the bus moments ever in movie history when they're doing the jazz odyssey yeah. Yeah. and um, uh, Michael McKean's character's like Derek Small's on the base he just points right at him he wrote this <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know it's a good you, you know it's a movie that resonates when real actual life bands heavy metal bands will tell you 
Yeah, that actually happened. Yeah, yeah it actually happened like I that. I can't, yeah. wa- I can't watch it because it reminds me too much of what actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you that when I visited Stonehenge in the late 90s, <laughs> they had those um, you know, portable tour guide things that you listen to so they don't have to hire tour guides. Yeah. And you press the buttons and it tells you information. And there was one time, I'm, I'm holding it, and then it, in comes the voice, who were the druids? And it took me a minute to realize where this was from because I hadn't seen the movie in forever. But that is that was back in 1997. That was on the official Stonehenge Porta Tour Guide thing. I think and, you know. And you know, I, I know that. Uh, Rob Reiner is the uh, the director, but you look at the cast of characters: Michael McKean, Harry Shearer. Yep. They went on and do. Um, they went on to do all those great mockumentaries. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Christopher Guest did them all. Yeah, Christopher. Those My Christopher problem Guest was movies. that our Stonehenge was in dire of, of danger, <laughs> being crushed by, by a, a dwarf. Because <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't get the line straight for inches and feet. <laughs> Like, you're trying to be as confused as Nigel. Now is he? Doing Harry Shearer's character. He's stuck in the... Oh, the food. He's trying to play the face. And they finally get him out. And then they're looking back to the face. Oh, seriously. To this day, it's like Airplane. It's timeless. It is timeless. You can watch it in a minute. Because they put in that like dated feel to it, yeah. it makes it um, timeless. Yeah, it's weird. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you look at all the people that are in, like, Fran Drescher. I mean, just people that you don't expect, like, really? Well, you know, and this brings us back. We really did kind of, like, gloss over Ghostbusters. Um, Ghostbusters, I mean, apart from, yeah, the, the clothes and the technology and most of the products that they were consuming, it is a timeless movie. Yeah. Yeah. The special effects have aged horribly, but I still love watching it. I don't know. You know what? I think the... Uh the State Park Marshmallow Man is one of the better effects in that movie. Oh my god. I nearly oh. wet myself the first time I saw that because <laughs> you, not only are you not expecting it, <laughs> well, you know, but it is something so ridiculous. <laughs> something well, that would never hurt us. Well, I saw, <laughs> I saw, a, uh, I saw a uh, video on YouTube about the making of Ghost, the special effects for Ghostbusters. Yeah. That is like one of Next to Star Wars, that scene of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man walking down mm. um, down uh, in Manhattan. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a guy in a marshmallow suit yeah. with a miniature of New York. I mean, <laughs> the entire Central Park Square they replicated in miniature. I mean, it was it's amazing to watch. Yeah, that's actually one of my prize um, Blu-rays because it's actually got um, audio commentary by. Um, Harold Ramis, Ivan Reitman, and I think one of the writers. Yeah. But they do the MST3K treatment. Yeah, I have the, 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 the DVD release as well, because that's, what I have, that's how yeah. I have it. Um, what is, about the Twinkie? What about the Twinkie, Ray? <laughs> <laughs> Everything about that movie is just so funny. It's a class. It's a classic yeah. movie. It, 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 it ages well. I mean, the refer- it, it, and, and because a lot of the, the references in it are date-specific, Right. It, it applies to any time. You can just have so Rick, much fun. Rick Moranis was amazingly funny in that oh. movie. Oh, yeah. He was. I'm the Keymaster. <laughs> okay, Mr. Keymaster. I must have been in high school when I finally realized that was supposed to be dirty. <laughs> the gatekeeper. Yeah, the gatekeeper. Oh, my God, these two together. 
want some coffee? Yes, have some. Yes, have some. <laughs> oh god, this I mean, seriously. Oh, it, it, I'm gonna watch just, it. Again. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna watch it again. There's this great bit in that too, where um, where Peck is, you know, he he's already <laughs> shut everything down and he's still insulting like, them, and Egon just like jumps after going, "Your mother." <laughs> Last person you'd expect to do that. Right, exactly. <laughs> the calm, rational scientist. <laughs> but even the beginning of that movie, when they're getting everything started, well, first of all, the library scene. I can't oh, yeah. watch that scene. Uh, I know, it, it that scene legitimately you. scares me. No, you're right. No human being would ever stack books like this. <laughs> Actually, there, there, was, there was a scene that, that I remember scared the... When the hands came out of the chair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That that's, pretty, that's pretty scary. Pants off me when I was a kid. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, do you think that they're actually still going to go ahead with a Ghostbusters 3? I know Dan Aykroyd is probably, you know, in the poorhouse right now and probably well, every, needs to do this. Every Everything I've read so far saying that, yes, they are going ahead with it, so. You know, we'll see how it works out. I, really, I still think that it needs to be like a next generation type thing. Yeah. Bring in new people to train. <laughs> But after watching Bill, Bill Murray was at the Oscars and he looked like Michael Gambon. <laughs> he looked terrible. He's got that beard thing going on. No, he, he shaved the he beard. Shaved the beard. Now yeah. he just simply looks old. He does. Yeah, he's, he's... Should get the beard back. Yeah, maybe, maybe. God knows. All right, let's move on to some other uh, classics here of 1984. Um, let's start off with the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the Eighth Dimension. As uh, Abe Codd writes, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, quite possibly the worst movie all geeks still pretend is good. <laughs> I've never even heard of it. It's um, Peter, Peter I, Weller. Peter Weller, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, John Lithgow was John Lithgow's I've Lizardo. never watched this movie. I watched this back when... This was like a Discovery-type movie, because it failed horribly oh, yeah. oh, wow. when it came out. It, it had a $17 million budget, only made six. Million dollars at the box Bad. office, and, but it was like one of these things that people discovered on HBO, yeah. And then it achieved cult status. It achieved after. the cult like, status. Wow. So you know, mo- like Joe, you and I probably watched this in high school for oh, the I, first time. I, yeah, yeah, first this, time I watched it was on HBO. I have a feeling that this is one of the movies that people just watch. Like, wow, this sucks, but I can't look away. <laughs> okay, I have a question. Yeah. When did HBO become like mainstream? HBO came mainstream in the very, very early eighties. No, we were, even even I'm, before. Well, Ma- HBO became HBO started in the seventy two. Seventy like seventy two, but I think the everybody everybody I talked to or I remember says that the HBO really hit the big time when Robin Williams did his um, his uh, he did a live uh, at Carnegie Hall. No, it wasn't live at Carnegie Hall. It was uh, he did a show out in um, at the Improv. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. And that's really when it, it became big. I'm, I'm just realizing that, I mean, well, in 1984, I was seven years old. But every single one of these movies I saw on HBO. Yeah. Yes. I didn't see any of these movies in the theater. This, I didn't see any of them on this, this was the, in the, this was, on uh, VHS. I saw them all on HBO. This was in the days when it was, you know, a movie came out. Six months later, it came out on VHS, and then six months after that, it was a on year TV. later. It came out, and that was when it was like, "Oh, it's coming out! I can finally watch it!" And they'd make a, and HBO would make a big deal on it. It'd be it'd be su- it'd be Sunday night, yep. eight o'clock mm. was when HBO With, would premiere their their new movies. I, I think, lost a lot of sleep on Sunday nights because of that. I yeah. think I remember seeing most of these movies first time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
fly, you know, doing yeah. the, the yeah. flyby down the city. Yeah, I arms out, too, during the... Yeah, yeah I'm flying. <laughs> I remember that. Like, where is I, I never had HBO growing up. I still don't have HBO. All right. Um, but I think I remember seeing most of these movies on Channel 56 with Dana Hershey. Oh, Jesus. Were they edited? <laughs> Probably, no, yeah. yeah. That's usually like two to three years after they came out. Yeah. The yeah. Theaters. However, it was Channel 38 used to do their movies, and they wouldn't edit them. Well, yeah, because they, they showed them like eight or nine o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. But. All right, so next up on the list is Supergirl. <laughs> yeah. Writes that Supergirl is still WB's best attempt at shared universe world building. It's true. This movie sucks. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Suck. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Helen Slater has like less than no personality. <laughs> Peter O'Toole was definitely drinking at this point. <laughs> He's definitely well, not even drinking in movie. this movie. <laughs> so I'm supposed to be some kind of alien. All right, so, so uh, I don't get it. So, so in the, in the in the comic book pantheon, which is worse, Supergirl, Batman, Robin. Ooh, that's tough because it, it's like two different levels of suck. It's like. <laughs> I'm gonna I go, th- go down the diamond diamond hot lane of suck, yeah. or I could just stay on the regular freeway of suck. Either way, they're not. Neither of them are good movies, but I don't think you can say, well, you know, if I really had to pick, I'd pick Supergirl over Batman and Robin. I- I'm gonna pick Supergirl over Batman and Robin. Oh, you you are you smoking? No, mainly because mainly because there was no ice puns, no ice puns, and Hellslater was much nicer to look at. Then, um, then the bat nipples. Then the bat nipples and the bat thong. The bat thong. Well, that depends on on your persuasion. I prefer George Clooney. That's Fair true. enough. There were no men in. You there know, was besides Peter, Peter O'Toole. There were no what, men what, in. Wait, wasn't, wasn't, there, actually, wasn't there a love interest? No, but you know, was that Mark McClure who played Jimmy Olsen? Yeah, yeah. that was the ties that bo- that to the tie that he's, bound. Here's a here's a bit of as an aside. I was listening to. Uh, Kevin Smith on uh, one of his podcasts. Oh, the Smodcast? Yeah. Uh, Fat Man on Batman. Oh, God. And he was talking about, he, he was doing, he and some other guy were doing running commentary on Batman Forever. Yeah. And there were, and you could see, he's like, the signs were all there. Why didn't we see it? It was all, we could, we, we know where, we now know where this was headed. Why didn't we see anything? <laughs> Why didn't we say anything? We could see it coming. I've been saying that for years. Nobody believed me. Oh, Batman Forever is not that bad. It's not retroactively bad because Batman and Robin came out. No, no it's retroactively, it's retroactively bad. bad. <laughs> and screw you for thinking otherwise. Next up, A Nightmare on Elm Street. This oh movie scared God. the shit out of me when oh, I watched this it. This is Johnny Depp's first movie. Never saw Where he's it. sucked into a bed and then, you know, like a geyser of blood. Yeah, geyser of blood. Okay, he kept this way more blood. Bl- then he get like split. Yeah. Then he get like like split like a sofa gun. Yeah. <laughs> like a fold up bed. That's way more blood than any human body has in it. <laughs> exactly. But you know, the thing with this movie is, though, is that I don't think that the Freddy Krueger thing really took off until like two or three. No, because he, he, here he was he was just a boogeyman. Yeah. Then they gave him a personality and they but, let him do every pun under the, under the face well, the, of the earth. The, the unseen scare is a lot scarier than... Why does Jaws work? Because you don't see the you Exactly, don't see the you don't see the shark. No, you know? Jaws works because of the music. No, that too. that too. And Jaws doesn't jump the out editing. of the water and sound like a, a, a like a rhino or whatever. The hell oh it no, yeah, it was it roared like a bear actually yeah, sure. in Jaws: The Revenge. The other movie the in other... the eighties that Zach Galligan was in. That's right. <laughs> whatever happened to him? Um, he he went on to do Gremlins two, the new batch, and then I I don't well, know if he's selling Subarus somewhere. Well, you know, <laughs> well, you know like you said, as big a year as nineteen eighty four was for movies. 
aside from a lot of the big names, a lot of the stars in these movies were just like one-hit wonders. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. You know, but you know what's interesting about this list of movies though? There are very few sequels in here. No, no. In yeah. fact, the biggest grossing movies of the year weren't sequels at all. And only two of them, you know, like two sequels but, made it to the top ten. Especially when, especially when you compare it to this year, where I think out of the top ten, I think only one was an original movie. I think so. Yeah. Everything was either a sequel or based on another And we're part. already looking at that this year with Lego movies, probably going to be the one original. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Guardians. Well, that's based on an existing Guardian, yeah, but it's all, well, yeah. Frozen. 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 Yeah, Frozen. Frozen. Last year, though. Ooh. No. It's considered a shit. Um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into Guardians in a little while. Okay. <laughs> I steeple my fingers. Ooga all right. Ooh, <laughs> Next up on our list of, well, the, the reason why this show exists in the first place, Dune. Acting <laughs> <laughs> Sound Radio writes, Dune, a ponderous misfire that is still more quotable than Avatar. I will kill him! Ad he's geeks, right, you know. Ad Geek Salad Radio, a.k.a. Indy. Yeah, he who controls the spice. Seriously. No, I did seriously. I mean, think about Avatar. You've all seen Avatar. I have not. I, You've I not have seen not, Avatar. I've, 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 I've avoided you know, it like the plague. I've seen Avatar, and... That mic is, is... Mike, you're getting a high five. Yeah. I, I've seen <laughs> Avatar, but there's nothing memorable about it. No. There's nothing that about the movie that sticks out to me is like... Oh, okay. That's something I'll remember. You know, seriously, the, the catchphrase of the uh, of the poster should have been, ooh, look, shiny. But Dune, I, I mean... I remember, I saw Dune opening weekend. I was so excited for it. I hadn't read the books. I had no idea what to expect. And I kind of, sort of was confused and still liked it. Right, exactly. Dude. To this day, I probably watch it once every three or four years. Do you know where I first saw Dune? On Channel 56 with Dan <laughs> <laughs> Was it like the three-day spe- spectacular where they had the Alan Smithy cut? No, I think it was the the, the, the uh, two-night miniseries. Did you, well, did you watch the uh, the uh, remake? That the was size, I ju- that was one of my re- recuperation during um, during surgery movies. <laughs> Is this the one, the original one, the one with Sting? Yes. 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 I will yes. kill him. I might kill him. There's still a good possibility I'll kill him. He will kill me. What was that character, Baron... um, Baron Harkonnen. Baron Harkonnen floating around, just this greasy, just disgusting... Yeah. Greasy balls. Oh, yeah. That's that's not to forget. This one brought us Patrick Stewart. It did bring us Patrick Stewart, yep. Um, It's just amazing how poorly Kyle MacLachlan has aged. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously, no, he's in that that hall of, like, men that look like old lesbians now. (laughs) Right next to Bruce Jenner. Oh, God. What's kind of funny about this movie is that half of the dialogue was recorded after the movie was finished. Oh, yeah. Well, the sound, the, it's sound it's mixing, all, the sound mixing leaves a little bit to be decided. It's all mental. Like, like, oh, wow. I can hear what I'm thinking. I'm not thinking very much. Ooh. Spice. Spice. <laughs> and know. a lot of the dialogue didn't make sense. Either. I know, exactly. So, I, so it didn't help that I can't hear what they're saying. I just want to point out, too, that David Lynch turned down Return of the Jedi to direct this movie. Is that a good thing? Or a... That's, well, that's a good what? thing for us, because I don't yeah. think David Lynch should have directed... I but you know what the thing is though is I, you should have directed Phantom of the Menace though we we told we you know we talked about this a thousand times I have such a soft spot for this I movie. know you oh. do you, you can't not no, I you can't, can't not you, love this movie that 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 is like 
geek cred 101 is you have to at least sit through a you know a sitting of uh, Doom. Who was Max von Sydow in that one? He was uh, Liet Kynes. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. This was, and this was Kyle McLaughlin's film debut. Too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I just love seeing his name. <laughs> All right, next up on um, our list here. Oh, the never-ending story. I love that movie, but it traumatized I, me. I, 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 I am. I have to admit, I have not watched that movie. Are you kidding me? I've You've never, never watched oh that. Oh my god! Movie. We were discussing this the other day because there was a, an article circulating on Facebook about like why. With the horse dying. Yeah, it's like, yes. Not heroically in battle, not protecting his master because he's sad. Yeah. Oh, I saw, I, you know, I, well, I read up some, a little bit doing research for it because, like I said, I never watched the movie. And I read, I read the, about the part where this, the horse dies in the quicksand, quick yeah, mud yep. because he's sad. Yep. I'm like, are you kidding me? We were discussing it the other day, and my mother finally said, she's like, I never understood why you wanted to watch that all the time. It's a horrible, horrible movie, and it's not for kids, but you watched it like 25 oh, times. Yeah. Well, it's a great movie, but that, that scene just... I my, it. Oh, I bawled I my fast, eyes I at when I first saw that movie. I the horse, and I fast-forwarded through the sphinxes with the laser beam eyeballs, my, which I'm sure if I watched now, I would laugh hysterically. No, yeah, five years ago, honey. My, my, only point no. of, my, my only point of reference about the never-ending story is that robot chicken sketch. Where they had the characters from Ro- Never Ending Story have like a, a, a an off the hook party, oh. <laughs> you know? They had the, that dragon, whatever, that yeah. floating dragon, yeah. always going to get beer. <laughs> I think it's a good it's a good movie, but it really is dark. For yeah, people. yeah. You know, like nothing is coming. Well, the Dark Crystal was dark. It's a movie, yeah, this is a movie about a kid sitting in a basement somewhere, you know, in an attic somewhere, reading a book. I actually read. It also the- teaches you that bullying is okay as long as you have a mystical creature to help you carry it out. <laughs> I've actually watched. I've actually read the book. Yeah. Uh, and the book actually incorporates both the first and the second movies into it. Oh, so in other words, it's not really never ending, is it? No. no. Okay. But, but it's, it's interesting because it only feels well, that way. The, 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 the original version that I read, the uh, the text was actually colored. So like when like when he was. When it was telling telling story of Bastion, yeah. the text was I think red. It was telling the story in the book. The text was green, huh. and well, then when Bastion went into it, it all went black. Well, you know, it's it, it's interesting. Yeah. I was, I I was reading dark. the uh, when I was doing research for it. I read that the author of the book oh hated this movie, hated the movies, and, oh, and, hated and tr- it. demanded that they stop making or at least take his name off the yeah. off the credits, and he sued them and lost. <laughs> There is a museum somewhere, I think, in Germany or, so, or you know, somewhere in Europe yeah. that actually has all the props from this this well, movie. Yeah, I mean, it was written by my German Michael Ende. Yeah, oh. it was the biggest West German movie ever made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wolfgang Peterson directed this movie too. Wolfgang. Wolfgang. <laughs> Hello, Wolfgang. All right next up on our list, The Terminator. <laughs> Um, James Cameron's film. No, it was no, his film no, debut. No, Piranha Two was his film right. debut. This was his first good film debut. This was his first movie to begin with a T, <laughs> and his next movie began with an A, because that's all his movies that ever started out with are T or an A. Terminator, Abyss. Aliens, The Abyss, which is Avatar. T and A. Yeah, Avatar. True Lies, Avatar, Titanic. Um, what was that? Terminator 2 Judgment Day. What was that um, documentary you did about the t- Titanic? That goes to the Titanic. doesn't count. It's a okay. documentary. See? Um, 
everything wrong with just did their thing on the Terminator. And there's this great bit with, you know, he's he he he's been brought to you know he's been brought to a present time, and he looks in the phone book. How the hell would he know how to use a phone book? This is the first of I think three movies that he's working together with Michael Bien. Through <laughs> Michael Bean, <laughs> Michael Bean, who's now working at Arby's. <laughs> Pretty much, um, this movie has not aged well at all. Nah. No. Time has not well, been well, time has not been kind to it's, this movie. It's still fully watchable and fun to watch. Yeah, but it does show its age a little bit. Well, a little only, bit. Yeah. Really, the only time it shows its age is when the skin, you know, the Terminator skin is completely off. Yeah, it's just the actual skeleton. And then stop motion. Right, exactly. Beyond that, I mean... I don't believe you two are in the same plane of existence right now. <laughs> Get Harry Harryhausen's hand out of there. Come on. <laughs> Alright, next up. Beverly Hills Cop. The number one grossing movie of 84. Technically. Technically. I just watched this recently. It's a fine movie. It's, yeah. It, yeah, it hasn't aged well, but again, that's because it's nothing but like you know leather outfits and Ferraris. <laughs> Do you know what makes this what makes this movie especially special though? What's that? It is the only movie where you can say Bronson Pinchot stole the show. That's true. He did. <laughs> that's Salsh. I'm fine. My name is Salsh, and how can I help you? Um, yeah, I'm looking for Miss Jenny Summers. It's very busy today. Maybe you give me your name. My name's Axel Foley. And uh, what it's pertaining? I didn't understand what you said. Pertaining, what it's meaning, regarding. Oh, what's it regarding? I'm an old acquaintance of hers. Donay? One moment. Donay, when you tell me, Summers, that uh, Mr. Ahmed Foley is here to no, see... Axel Foley. Axel. Ahmed, Ahwell. Axel. Foley is here to see her. He's our old acquaintance. Donnie, this is kind of the It's like the breast of a dog to scrub for the customer. It's not sexy. It's animal. No, it's not sexy at all. May I offer you something to drink? A wine, a cocktail, a, a espresso? No, I'm fine. Thank you. I'll make it myself right back there with a little lemon twist. It's good. You should try it. No, I'm, I'm fine. He's <laughs> <laughs> got his gig on uh, Perfect Strangers. Yeah? Um... I mean, this is Eddie Murphy at his finest. I think the only movie I like of, of his better than this is come, excuse me, Coming to America. <laughs> yeah. Yes! Fuck you, too! <laughs> <laughs> well, there was this one time I was... Uh, wait, I was doing... I was at a rehearsal, and it was just like, okay, Andy, you're all set, you can go. And I just like, sexual chocolate! And I just pointed <laughs> and walked out, following my fingers in that direction. <laughs> no. I'm McDowell's. They have the golden arches. I have the golden arch. arch. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know the funny thing with Beverly Hills Cop is, though, is that there's one great action scene in the entire thing and then one good shootout. Yeah. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. No, and the this... least threatening villain ever. Well, let's face it. This was not designed to be an action movie. This is designed this to be an action an movie. This, this right. This is actually, a... Stallone was going to be in this movie originally. And then when he decided... Oh, 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 they, turned, they, they essentially turned it into... Um, Cobra. <laughs> Cobra. <laughs> We're crying as a disease. I'm good. <laughs> oh, God. I do I do enjoy this movie. It's oh, amazing yeah. what you could get away with in 1984 that you would never, well, never get away with now. It was, a, it was a good movie, but 
and it, it but it it doesn't stand out, you know. I think Ghostbusters stood out, stands out way well, more. Well, Ghostbusters stands out because that's a completely original idea. You know, cop fish out of water movies are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. This just happened to be a really good one. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ghostbusters is, you know, amazing. It's a it's amazing. It's it's just a ridiculous premise that works really really well. Yeah. All right. Next up, the best picture winner of nineteen eighty four. Well, this this movie took everything in 1984. Yeah. Amadeus. Well, I regret it is not too familiar. Can you recall no melody of mine? I was the most famous composer in Europe. I wrote 40 operas alone. Yeah. What about this one? Yes, I know that. Oh, that's charming. I'm sorry, I didn't know you wrote that. I didn't. That was Mozart. Wolfgang, Amadeus, Mozart. This, this is, you know, you say what you will about how the Academy tends to pick their best pictures. They've got it right with this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this definitely. Is, and, you know, Autumn, you were saying how well it aged. Oh, it aged beautifully. Sometimes period pieces, you know, you look at them and you can tell when they're made. Yeah. Especially when, like... They're from the 70s, and even though it's set in, like, the Renaissance, the women are wearing the, like, sparkly 70s, <laughs> you know, feathered hair and the eyeshadow, but... The fire faucet hair. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, but the, no, the costumes in this, it doesn't matter when you watch it, you feel like you're watching the time period yeah. you're supposed to be in, not 1984. Yeah. Absolutely. And this movie is so... It's funny. Yeah. It's yeah. actually legitimately funny. Well, Jeffrey Jones, I mean, steals the well, entire movie. Well, Tom... Tom Tom, how do you Hulse. Hulse. I mean, he Hulse, does. Yeah. He does Hulse. such a good job. That laugh. As, yeah, exactly. Mm. I mean, yeah. not that he's done anything since, but he was in Parenthood. <laughs> so it's a it's a brilliant movie. Yeah, it is. It's, it's very it's good. Wonderful. It's funny. It's dramatic. It introduced a lot of kids to. Everybody can at least claim that they know a little Mozart if they've seen the movie. Right. But it's just you know what's, what's nice about it too is if, if you guys have you ever seen the stage production of it? No. no. We saw a stage production of it, and the movie is so much livelier. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean it's the, the stage production is pretty much you know Salieri sitting around talking about you know yeah. talking about Mozart, and this just takes all of that and just turns it on its head. All the I mean, the production values of this. The operas. So would you say it turns up to 11? It does. <laughs> <laughs> it re- I mean, this really is a wonderful movie. Yeah. I mean, we, have, we were talk. We have to watch this again. We have the director's cut. We have the director's cut, too. So long. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this was already a very long movie. Uh, it, was over two, oh. it, was a little, it was two hours and 15 minutes long, I think, in its original. Really? Not yeah. as long as Once Upon a Time in America. Oh, okay. I sat through that. That was a three-hour movie. Joe, go ahead. Why don't you talk about that since you brought it up? Well, the only... Th- and, and I feel like a dirtbag for this. 
The only reason I remember Once Upon a Time in America, for one, it was three and a half hours. Yeah. But it was a scene of a young Jennifer Lawrence getting bones in the bathroom. Jennifer Lawrence? Not Jennifer was Lawrence. Elizabeth Lawrence? McGovern. No, no, Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly. Connelly. Oh, Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. She must have been like 12. 14. Oh, oh. Well, this was by Sergio Leone. So. Right, well, yeah. He was probably... Sergio. Sergio. Comes out with his saxophone. And that's the only <laughs> thing I remember about the movie. <laughs> good good reason to remember that. Yeah. That Yeah, good going, Joe. Yeah, exactly. My is wife that... is here. Good go. <laughs> Um, if she jo- hasn't jo- heard me before, <laughs> Joe, you are absolutely right. That does make you sound like a dirtbag. It does. <laughs> yeah. I've actually I've never seen this movie. It's one of those yeah. movies I re- I just remember from Suncoast because it was in that double pack. Yeah, like that super thick video cassette. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> that all my Godfather films are packaged in. <laughs> so, all right. Next up on this list, oh, one of the big, one of the top five movies of the year. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Smaller up. Prepare to meet Kali in hell. Oh, out of You AKA the worst Temple of Doom until yeah, exactly. <laughs> what you thought was the worst Indiana Jones movie until you're proven severely wrong. <laughs> Twenty four years later, exactly. This movie traumatized me. I couldn't watch this movie. Oh, Kalima! Kalima! I hated this movie. I can watch it now and I can appreciate the comedy of it. But when I watched it, it was it was one of the movies along. It was one of the movies along with Gremlins that. PG-13. Yeah. And there's that heart tearing out scene. It's funny because my mom, who who's an OR nurse, I mean, she's seen things that would just blow your mind, okay? She took me to see this movie. <laughs> After that, all she would do is just leave me at the front at the front of the theater and say, I'll see you in two hours. Bye. Nice. I am not seeing a movie with you anymore. I've lost you, son. Just go. <laughs> exactly. This, Even aside from the heart, the whole scene with the, the bugs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah exactly. she, hates, she hates... My mom hates bugs. She hates movie violence and movie blood. So she, it, it just struck, struck all the buttons for this, her. This movie traumatized me because of Kate Capshaw. She's awful oh. in this movie. Well, well, yeah, actually, it, was because, it was because she was, she was boning Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it was like... She was the... the I think... She could very well be, I'm sure scientists have studied this, the most ineffective woman ever paired with an action hero in any movie ever, ever made. She had no redeeming qualities and she did nothing Nothing. in this movie. Except yell. Yeah, Yeah. no, no, she screamed. Screamed. Yeah. And you know, and and, and the only good line in in this movie actually doesn't work in this movie. It works in Clerks. Oh, No Time for Love, Dr. Jones? Yeah, No Time for Love, Dr. Jones. (laughs) Um, Thank you, Randall. <laughs> here's the other thing with this with this movie, though, is that and you know we go back to Crystal Skull, and it's like Crystal Skull didn't make this movie seem any better by no. comparison. It's no. still a shitty movie. Yeah, it's just a shitty it's, movie with a just, large budget. It's just not as shitty as Crystal Skull. Look, two sidekicks. That's as bad as having two villains in your movie. You know, your superhero movie. Sorry, I did not care for Short Round. <laughs> Well, who was, who was worse, Short Round or Kate Capshaw? I don't know. Well, I mean, this the beef movie, is, you, is worse than both of them combined. This, mo- this movie would have been much better with just Short Round. I didn't think they needed Short him. Round did stuff. He did right? stuff. He did yeah. stuff. But think about, it, think about Raiders, okay? Half the time he was off looking for Marion. 
Yeah. He didn't have Marion to be there the, uh, to his side the entire time. Mm. So having, you know, not one, but two people but then, constantly, t- you know, attached to him. But then, but then Last Crusade kind of puts, uh, puts your... Uh, it, well, it's, uh, to, yeah, uh, only because, well, strong supporting, you know, sp- strong but, supporting role. I mean, but not only, I mean, not only did you have Sean, Ke- the, you know, his dad, Sean oh, Connery, yeah. but you also had John Reese davies that, you know, That's, and, yeah, and he had Denholm Elliott. And, and so, his market bird, he is. Yes. But they're not really sidekicks, they're sort of a support group. Yeah. yeah. Right, but they were, they were tagging along with him the whole, pretty much the entire time. Well, it's a new fish McLove in it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. The less said about this movie, the better. We we had a full conversation about this a yeah. couple of years ago. Um, next up, Police Academy. My mm. mother took me to see this movie in the theater. I don't know what she was thinking. <laughs> Your mother took you to see a lot of movies. She you probably know, shouldn't have done that. You know what the sick thing is? That we had this conversation back during the 1980s show of how little I was allowed to do mm. or watch and how awful our diets were. Uh, <laughs> oh no no it was like all it was health food type you know yeah. rice and carob oh, um, god <laughs> but she took me I mean it's amazing what she took me to see for movies it was like oh let's you know let's have a night out what do you want to go see I want to see Police Academy <laughs> alright let's go that looks what, funny what <laughs> I got away with this <laughs> Please. Um, <laughs> not that she's changed. No, I know. Well, his mother took him to see Team America. Oh yeah, <laughs> world police. Did you watch yeah. that with your mother. America, oh, no. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get I watch movies at home when my mom's up visiting, and I, and I get embarrassed. I can't I can't watch this movie with my mom. What am I doing? Oh god, <laughs> yeah. No, not my mother. <laughs> but um. All right. Well, it goes without saying. This is the fun. This is the best Police Academy movie. Oh yeah. By virtue of it really being the only funny rated arc which, Police Academy movie, which is which isn't a very high bar to to strive for. But but this movie didn't have Billy Bob. Th- uh, no no Bobcat Goldthwait. It didn't. No, thank God. <laughs> well, going back to the Simpsons. Remember that thing? Did you learn anything from this Police Academy movie? I didn't hear anybody laughing. <laughs> Oh, God. I mean, the, the, the best part about this movie, well, it's, um, what's his name? The guy does all the voices. Oh, oh Michael Winslow. Winslow. Michael Winslow, yes. Michael Winslow, yeah. Steve Gutenberg? Not the Goots. The Goots? No. The Goots. No, not the Goots. Um, <laughs> Who made Steve Gutenberg a star? <laughs> Speaking of him, Peter O'Toole, what year was High Spirits? High Spirits was 87 or 88. Oh, okay. We get some those, time. That's another one of those uh, first R-rated movies I saw. That wasn't rated. That was PG. Oh, was it? It seemed like it was rated. <laughs> when I saw we were allowed to get away with a whole lot more when you know in the eighties. Liam Neeson. That is First Liam Neeson. First time I saw Liam Neeson. Oh jeez. All right. Next up on our list. Hey, let's yep. also not forget this one had the uh, the elderly father from uh, Punky Brewster. Oh, that's right, George Gates. Who yes. Was, uh, oh, he was still alive. Right. Really? He was the superintendent of the police academy. Yeah. That's right. Is he pooping into a bag now? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he was pooping in a bag in '84 when this movie came out. 
Oh, when he got top billing in that Fantastic Four movie, and he's there for like three seconds. That was the well. That was a Fantastic Four. That was the Carmen Fantastic Four. Yeah, it was made. Well, yeah, never never saw the day. All right, next up on the list, Footloose. Yeah, we watched Footloose a couple months ago, hon. Yeah, my first time ever. Yeah, this year. I prefer the soundtrack a lot more than I prefer the, the movie. movie. Yeah. Well, even the soundtrack is kind of shitty. Loggins, I, I'm Thou free. shalt not defy <laughs> the, uh, the log. Footloose soundtrack. Thou shalt not defy the log. Just well, the stupidest premise ever. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, We've banned dancing. I don't know. Have you ever been to one of those Midwestern before. towns? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I have. Believe me. It's not too far-fetched. Just yesterday on the uh, on Slacker Radio, I heard Almost Paradise. Oh, God. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a musical now. I know. Yeah. It's been a musical for, like, what, like 15 years. Yeah. But it doesn't have logins in it, so I'm, I, I'm yeah. not going to watch it. I mean, have it's Almost Paradise. Yes. But it's not the um, uh, the heart chick. But, like, that Wilson? scene yeah. where he starts... <laughs> You know, it's obviously not him. They have a gymnast come in and like, flip it You don't believe barn. Kevin Bacon can do those moves? Well, my favorite part about it is, or first of all, he's been drinking and smoking. He's going to blow off some steam. So what does he do? He goes to an abandoned factory and does an expressive dance. And it's like completely apropos of nothing in this movie. And somehow he looks younger in this than he did in Animal House. Yeah. <laughs> And they, and they have that thrown together prom, and everybody manages to get their like curtain dresses. With oh, and everybody, everybody who has not been allowed to dance for the past like what five years knows how to. So knows how to dance yeah. and do all the modern dance moves yeah. <laughs> before YouTube, <laughs> including Sean Penn. No, it wasn't Sean. No, Penn. Chris Penn. Chris, Chris Penn. Penn. Yes, yeah, skinny, alive Chris Penn. <laughs> so how is he alive? Oh God. I, I, I love the abusive boyfriend angle too. That was nice. I think it would have been a lot more funny to have uh, Sean Penn because this was this was back in his um his stoner days. Mm. Oh god, yeah. There's just, we watched it and it was just like kind of a there's nothing on. Let's just put it on. Autumn's never seen it. Get it over I was with. Shocked, shocked. I tell you, shocked. she had never seen this movie. <laughs> And at the end of it, she's like, what an absolutely stupid movie this was. <laughs> and I'm watching like, I think I have to agree with you, sweetheart. <laughs> All right. Next up on the list, Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes. That is a, that is a long way to go movie. for your title. Never, never seen, seen this? Movie. I saw this. This movie uh, yep. is long. It is long. Ponderous. I, I was so disappointed when I went to see, I saw this movie in the th- movie theater because I was expecting some Johnny Weissmuller's tree swinging yep. shit. And okay. you got Christopher Lambert. I got Christopher Lambert. <laughs> and if this wasn't even Highlander Christopher Lambert either. It was like, no, no, but the favorite part is that essentially the entire movie is him acclimating to British life. Exactly. <laughs> That's all it was. And here's the beauty too. Yeah. Annie McDowell is the worst still working today. And this was her first movie. It was her first movie and they had Glenn Close to all of her dialogue. Ugh. Wait. Oh, I would like to say I was just... Wasn't she in Groundhog Day? Yeah, she was. And she was terrible in that. Yeah, but that was in the 90s. That was in I the 90s. Mind. I didn't yeah. mind her in that. She was in Four Weddings and a Funeral. She's the worst thing in that movie. I didn't bother, I didn't bother that movie. That's a great movie. I didn't She's the worst thing it's in that so movie and they had Christopher Lambert in it. Notice. 
Oh, Christopher oh. Lambert. I love. We did this. We did this thing back on the Cape, um, the nerd test, where we had all these questions, and you would earn points by your yes or no's. And one of them was, you think Christopher Lambert was a great actor? You don't that bad. You don't that bad. Like I said, I was so disappointed. I was like, <laughs> awful. That's, that sounded like Cicerone right there. No, no, that yeah, it wasn't that bad. You know? <laughs> it was that bad. That movie he did in Japan, it wasn't that bad. I didn't understand a word he was saying. I don't know if he's French or whatever, but eh, it wasn't that bad. It was that bad. We miss you, Mike. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, Mike. You couldn't make it tonight. This would have been this would have been an interesting show had Mike. Oh here. wow. Um. All right. Next up, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. The uh, or otherwise known as the good even uh, odd numbered film. Uh, it was the. It was adequate. I, you know, it wasn't. All right, I rephrase that. The adequate. Oh, there we go. Film. It yes. wasn't the motion picture. Okay, let's yeah, say it wasn't that. the motion picture, and yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't Star Trek Five. Which was five or seven, seven. Or, or nine. Yeah, but it wasn't nearly. It wasn't nearly as good as two. Obviously, obviously, it wasn't good as two. Come and on, it wasn't nearly on. as good as four either. That's true. It was. Better than six. It was the good bridge between the two. Yeah, well, but, that, it, it, that's it's part of the Captain's collection. Yeah. You can actually get the Blu-rays of two, three, and four because it's yeah. like, okay, guys, we understand all these other Star Trek movies suck. So, um, we're the good ones. Which ones were the ones directed by Leonard Nimoy? Uh, this one was directed by Leonard yeah, Nimoy. Nimoy directed this one. He directed four. Four. Okay. Then Shatner directed no, wait. five. <laughs> wait, wait, did Nimoy direct four? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was Nicholas... Um... No, Nicholas Meyer directed two and six. Oh, okay. Ah. Yeah. And then they had some other schlub come in for seven, and then Jonathan Frakes directed First Contact, mm. and then I think he did a couple of others, and they were awful. Yeah. And now uh, it's up to J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Not anymore. <sighs> That's true. Damn it. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I really don't have a lot to say about this movie. I mean, I'll I'll say I was upset when the Enterprise got blown up. I was very shaken I was, by I that. Was, I was, it hit me. <laughs> actually, I was actually a lot more emotional about it than I thought I would be. I'm like, this is a, this is a spaceship. What I remember I watching it a few years ago and being like, there's no fucking way that's Christopher Lloyd. That's Christopher Lloyd. The, uh, and John Lambert. Right. The, yes. Enter- yes. the Enterprise yes. was destroyed by Doc Brown. And Dan Fielding. Exactly. <laughs> the South shall rise again! <laughs> Alright, the last one that I have on my list before we go to some of the other miscellaneous stuff here. This one, surprisingly, was a huge hit. Uh, Purple Rain. Number 11. On I've the never seen it. Number 11. You know what? I saw this oh, about seven years ago for the first time. You know what? Here's the thing about Purple Rain. It's not a good movie, but... I don't think it could have been any better, but you can't call it a bad movie. I think, it's like this weird, like... I think I think I saw most of the plot of the movie on MTV videos. Pretty much. You know, Purple Rain, you know, the video for Purple Rain, I think, pretty much told the story of the movie. I think that's all I needed to watch. Well, this is what it feels like when doves cry. Um... Did did any time in this movie did he crawl out of a bathtub? No, just had that look in his eyes. Actually, the funniest thing in this movie it was like like I actually had to pause and laugh because it was so unbelievable. Um, his dad is beating up on his mother, and 
you know, he comes home. His name is a kid in this movie. He's not Prince. He's the kid. No, yeah. And um, he's a kid formerly known as Prince. <laughs> and he finds his mother's all beaten up, and he's looking for his dad in the house. He's like, "Where are you, motherfucker?" And I'm like, "That is the worst line reading I've ever heard in my life." <laughs> um, the music in this movie. I mean, obviously, that's what you why you watch. Yeah, well, you're not Prince, watching Prince. it to, I mean, to Prince, see yeah. Prince's rise and fall. However, you do watch it though for Morris Day in the time, because oh, Morris right. Day is a bad motherfucker in this movie. He is. Girl has a gift of taste. I wonder if you can sing. As fine as she is, she doesn't have to know how to sing. No, that's right. Hey, watch it now. I want you to stay out of set tonight. I want you to work the floor. What for? I want to know when that sweet thing shows up. You see her? Come get me, cool? Cool. I'll come get you, let you know the girl's there. Not if I'm with my other babes. That wouldn't be cool. I don't want to break their hearts. So we ought to have, like, a signal. A password. Okay, what's the password? You got it. Got what? The password. Password is what? Exactly. The password is exactly? No, it's... Hold it, hold it. Slow down. There was a scene where he's sitting in his dressing room, and um, Tyrone, his manservant, is actually polishing, polishing his shoes. That's brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. I bowed down before Morris Day. Yeah, and Morris Day's next big star turn, Jay and Silent Bob strikes back. Actually, no, it was Ford Fairlane. First, sir, the adventure of Ford Fairlane. Um, But this (laughs) this movie had Dr. Fink, the the look that never took off in the 80s. Come on. Medical scrubs and sunglasses? (laughs) Well, I thought that was making a comeback. It should. It needs to. It, should. it needs yeah. to, yeah. Because it's, it's so comfortable. Well, he's the only white guy in the band, so that's the other <laughs> thing, too. Um, all right, Mike, what haven't we talked about? Um, how about the greatest two movies ever, Breaking and Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo? Ooh, there is no stopping us. There's no stopping because no one does it better. Um, yeah. Shabadoo, Ice-T, Michael Chambers. Oh, God. And Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> That's right, Jean-Claude is in that movie. He is, this is his movie debut. Oh, you know, I left one off of the list. Hmm? Shud. Shud? (laughs) (laughs) Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. And that's when the Chuds came at me. (laughs) Well, everything's bad if if all you concentrate on are pimps and Chuds. (laughs) Oh my god! By the way, Ape Cod did bring up that uh, 84 will always be remembered as the year that gave us Breaking and Breaking to Electric Boogaloo. And nor should we forget Streets of Fire, a bloated, high-concept mess <laughs> that was in as influential an anime as Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to watch Streets of Fire a few years ago. Holy, I don't know what the hell was going on in this movie. It's like the Warriors, if they had made a musical about it. <laughs> nah. nah. But Michael Paré is in it. <laughs> Ooh, I, I see a movie that Cicerone would have absolutely jumped on by the time by this time. What's that? Tom Hanks, Adrian Zemed, Bachelor Party. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> this movie is so eighties that the movie, yes. the, the video cassette actually looks at it and goes, "Damn, you're from the eighties." <laughs> and wow. let's not forget Tawny Katane. Tawny Katane is in. Yep, she's in it. Um, 
You know what? Never got. It never. I understood though the whole thing about um, Nick the Dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, what Nick the Dick? His penis was very large. No, I understand that. Well, first of all, why would he pull it, put it into a hot dog bun, and then get kind of upset when they're yanking on it? <laughs> and how do you get rid of a donkey? <laughs> Apparently, you, you, you gave it with a lot of barbiturates. God. <laughs> we had to do, at Suncoast, we had to put together, um, like, a Tom Hanks section. Like, a little table with all the, these great Tom Hanks movies, because he was nominated for... Actually, I think it was for the year of Forrest Gump. Mm. And, um, so, of course, we put up the Burbs, Turner and Hooch, yeah. Bachelor Party. Joe <laughs> <laughs> vs. Volcano. Not a good movie in sight, yeah. Punchline. <laughs> yeah. What else? Money pit. Money pit. Oh God! Money, money pit. I paid money for. I paid movie money for the money pit. Did you? How apropos. Let me see. Um, oh, we got Children of the Corn. Ooh. The only thing I remember about that kid that is the Malachi kid. Oh. Who had a voice like this? <laughs> yeah. Not not a good looking kid. Not a good movie. No. Not a good not movie really. at all. Uh, and let's not forget the uh, fantastic special effects in the climax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when the kid catches fire. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's great. Yeah. How, much, how much do we have on our budget? Um, how about negative $300? All right. Wait, wait. I found a fiver. <laughs> okay. How about this one? Top secret. Oh, oh yes. Oh, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer's Kilmer. debut. All right. I'm amazed. I went on the IMDb lists, and I went on the top grossing list. This movie doesn't appear anywhere on there. No. And it's not a bad... It's, it's a Zucker... It's a yeah. Zucker... You know, no, it's, it's, Abraham. Movie. It's, it's an Abraham movie. Yeah, Abraham yeah, Zaz. Zaz. Yeah, Zucker, Abraham, Zucker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's entertaining enough. It's fine. I no, mean, it's it, fine. It's no airplane, but... It's, it's dated as hell, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there was that great bit, though, with Peter Cushing, where he's looking... He's oh, got yeah. like the big magnifying glass and he distracts him and he <laughs> comes up and like, I assume you die. I was right, that was Peter Cushing. I can't remember, I can't yeah. remember who that was. Uh, what else you guys got? Uh, Conan the Destroyer. Conan. Conan. As Ape Cod calls it, the Destroyer franchises. <laughs> Conan. With Will Chamberlain and Grace, Grace Jones. Jones. <laughs> Grace Jones, who's probably got bigger testicles than Arnold did. Oh, God. Well... <laughs> Considering how many roids Arnold did at that time, that probably would be true. Yeah. What do I do? Do I just back my ass and just mute? <laughs> I'm getting bigger. God, I don't. Oh, there's so there's just so many movies. I mean, I know. The, um, just pick a couple. The Pope, the Pope of Greenwich Village. Never saw it. Never seen. Never saw. It. It. I know it's a big Mickey Rourke movie. Good. Dra- I mean, it's a good drama and stuff like that. Mm. If, you, if you really want to. Drama, that's pretty good. What did a movie ticket cost back then? Like five bucks, six bucks? Oh, yeah, three, more like three or four. You know what? I'm years. going on Google right now. You guys continue. I'm going to find out. Uh... <clears throat> Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. Really? That wasn't I, the I final chapter. That's bullshit. No, he's right. <laughs> that, well, I mean, that came out. It wasn't the final chapter, though. But no, st- obviously, that's what I'm saying. Uh, final chapter. I suspect that to be some of the bullshit. Corey Feldman, nope. starring right there. You know, and another. Huge movie that was actually that's considered like right on on par with the Amadeus was the Killing Fields. That's an oppressive. That's I mean it's a depressing incident, but that was shit. Is that I never watched that. Yeah, that's depressing. I I watched it once, and I'm I'm like 
I, I'm, I'm like, I watched it once. I'm like, oh, I hate life right now. By the way, Wiki Answers says that the cost of a movie ticket in 1984 was $3.36. Wow. I was right. Yeah. Cool. That's amazing to me now. That's 30 that years right. ago, okay? It's amazing that I'm right. No, I'm just saying. That, 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 that's <laughs> just... Here's a good one. Give my regards to Broad Street. Oh, my God. We Ooh. talked about this um, a little bit on the 1980s show, only because, you know, Paul McCartney had a big hit that year. Written by and starring Paul McCartney, McCartney with Ring- Ringo Starr. Star. Yep. Wow. And the only thing I remember about that movie is No More, no, no More Lonely Nights. Yep. That was his big hit. That, that was that was Ringo going, Oh, come on, Paul. Let me get into the game. Come on, come on Paul. Come on, Paul. Come on, George won't talk to me. <laughs> As is his right, as the Lord. <laughs> what let's else see. you got? Uh, let me see. Let's just look at this list here. Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> now you're just scraping the barrel. <laughs> I didn't think that movie was released on DVD. Direct, direct to DVD before there was DVD. Uh. Um, ooh, <clears throat> the Return of Godzilla, also known as Godzilla 1985. Guy in a rubber suit. Well, it was like it was like the reboot of the Godzilla franchise because they had gotten all cheesy and like kid friendly. They're yeah. like, no, oh, let's make him a badass again, and they did. <laughs> it was a really good movie. All right, Joe, you brought this up before we started the show. Twenty ten. Twenty ten. Oh. Two thousand ten. A better story than two thousand one. <laughs> well, there was a story in this one. <laughs> Roy Scheider. Oh God, my Roy grandfather Scheider, took Ellen me to Marin. see this one. Yep. Ooh, Dana Elkar is in this movie. Yeah. This is pre uh, MacGyver. Oh, jeez. Well, then. <laughs> now, um, mind you, this had a story. doesn't mean it made any sense to me. True. Uh, <laughs> you, I, know? you know, I, I remember I, I actually rent, I actually borrowed 2001 Space Odyssey from my school high school library. Yeah. God. And just because, like, you know, I was like, I've never seen this. I'm going to watch it. I watched it. I'm like, I'm never going to watch this again because I have no <laughs> idea what the fuck I just oh, watched. <laughs> yeah. Especially the end. I'm like... Is he talking to himself? Why is, is, he, self? is he... Why is he looking at a hallway with lots of multicolored lights? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't get this. Do I need to be high? I don't have any acid. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm surprised nobody's brought up 1984. The movie 1984. Because it was, it was terrible. It was made in 1984. It was made in Well, the Richard Burton, John Hurt version was... Yeah. Richard Burton. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep doing it, whatever it is you're doing. I'm going to be drinking. Um, yeah, uh, this movie is going to make my career. Give me another scotch. Where's Liz? Bring me Liz. <laughs> Here's one that no one ever talks about anymore. The gods must be crazy. Ooh. The one with the African guy in the bottle. Yeah, the it was bottle a, falls a, out a, of a, a South African movie <laughs> during the time of apartheid. Yeah. Yeah, but the guy throws a bottle out of an airplane, and they, they, the guy decides to worship it as a god. <laughs> Not, if, if I remember correctly, the critics loved this movie. They felt kept falling over themselves over. I'm like, I don't see why. What? Why is it's, it so? Is it supposed to be funny? I watched it when I was still reasonably impressionable. I don't think I would enjoy it now, but like freshman year of high school, it kind of spoke to me a little bit. Yeah, it made no sense to me. Mm. No, all right, that that's cool. That's cool. Didn't you want to bring up all of me? All of oh, me. Oh no. yes, 
Oh yeah, that's great. that movie. Steve Martin and uh, Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. That's a brilliant that is movie. A brilliant movie. Carl Reiner directed. Yeah, mm. but it's just and Steve, Steve Martin is so good. Oh yeah. That was and that was the second movie of the year. His first movie was The Man with Two Brains. No, no. Um, the Jerk. Nope. No, no, not The Jerk. Wait, wait, wait. don't tell me. Oh. The single guy? The no. lonely guy. The lonely guy. With the ferns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in forever. I'm sure it hasn't aged well. No, I don't think it has either. What else you got, Mike? I'm trying to remember. I know I've heard of Against All Odds before, but I have no idea what the hell well, it's about. Oh, great story about that movie, Against All Odds. I couldn't tell you what it's about. All I know is that like Jeff Bridges and, and James Woods were in it. Um, and Alex Karras. Ooh. And Phil ooh. Collins did the song. <laughs> that was his, yeah, but here's the interesting thing. Phil days. Collins was nominated for an Oscar for the song, but during the Academy Awards, they decided not to have him sing it. Instead, they brought out Anne Reiking, you might remember her as Daddy Warbucks' girlfriend from Annie, mm. uh, to really? warble the song. <laughs> really? And they just kept cutting to Phil Collins in the audience oh, with he must this have been just ripping. disgusted look <laughs> on his face. He must have been ripping, man. <laughs> Because if you've ever heard Anne Reinking's voice, it's not what I would call pretty. Mm. I would actually call it more um, smoky by way of Lucky Strikes. <laughs> oh, and apparently Kate Capshaw, um, Temple of Doom was not Kate Capshaw's only movie in 1984. Really? What Space was it? Camp. No, that was 87, huh? Nope. I remember that came out. That had the best timing in the world. It came out right after the Challenger disaster. Keep going, guys. She <laughs> co-starred with Dudley Moore and Eddie Murphy. Oh, the best defense. Yep. What a piece of smoldering <laughs> shit that movie is. <laughs> we watched it. I remember I was I was at a sleepover at a friend's house. And it was like, hey, we'll get this Eddie Murphy movie. This is back in the day when every video store had one copy of everything. Yep. All the good stuff was gone. It's like, it's an Eddie Murphy movie. It can't be bad. Um, oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah? You just did a Nikki voice. Did I? <laughs> oh. Let's see. Blame it on Rio? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing to see here. Move along. Buddy Double? Oh, God. Ooh. Just when you thought that um, black exploitation movies were just for the seventies, Brother from Another Planet. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I don't really know if that's a black exploitation movie though, because that was an independent movie made with Joe Morton, who yeah. would end up, you know, pretty much being responsible for the end of the world in Terminator Two. He was also in uh, Eureka. That's right. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. I think we we could we could go on forever. There was a. I mean, we. I honestly think we went over fifty movies today. We're, we're kind of scraping the bottom of that. Okay? Yeah. Well, so, if I can just say ooh. one for me. Final thoughts. Final thought. As an anime fan, for me, as an anime fan, nineteen eighty four was a huge year. First off, it was uh, there was Macross. Yeah. You remember mm-hmm. Love, which was a huge, yeah, it was a great huge movie. anime that was a good movie. And then the m- next movie that really kind of kind of got me started on uh, anime and it's. One of Hayao Miyazaki's biggest, oh, yeah. best movies, Nausicaa and Valley of the Wind. All right. Those are two yeah. huge anime movies and really, really kind of like cornerstones of the genre. Yeah. Huh. Mike? <clears throat> um, I think I saw one. Um, never seen it, but uh, Francis Ford Coppola directed it, uh, The Cotton Club. Yeah. Oh, with Gregory, with Gregory Hines. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage. Nicolas and the Cage. movie that was in production hell forever. Yeah. 
That was a Robert Evans uh, produced movie. I just saw the title and I recognized it. So I've heard heard it somewhere. I've never seen it. Yeah, I remember watching a little bit of it. Um, it was just really weird hearing Herman Munster use the N word. Uh, <laughs> but Autumn, how about you? Oh, I'm just looking at this list here. I had looked at the list. I see uh, the Bounty, Mel Gibson, Anthony Hopkins, Lawrence Olivier, Daniel Day Lewis, and Liam Neeson. Yep, yep. That was the Mutiny on the Bounty where. Uh, Mel Gibson plays Mr. Crisp. Wow, 1984 was the year of Kate Capshaw. Mr. Fletcher. She was Mr. Also- Fletcher? Oh. Hey. Christian Fletcher. Oh, sorry. Get this, Kate Capshaw was also in Dreamscape. Oh, wow. Really? 1984 was the year of Capshaw. God damn, that's terrible. <laughs> um, I don't really think I... That's why I thought it was a good year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really think I've got much to say here, other than it was the... Um, the debut year of Bill Murray's uh, dramatic debut, The Razor's Edge, a movie I think that just they had to pay pe- people to see. <laughs> wasn't yeah. he, wasn't he like the first comedian to try to do like serious movies? I think so. Um, By the way, there's oh, also like three. Uh, just looking at the top 100, there are three Disney re- re-releases that were done in '84: <laughs> Pinocchio, The Jungle Book, and Pete's Dragon. Peace Dragon. Wow. <laughs> that was totally unscripted. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> we watched that a while ago. Um, that kid can't sing. No. At all. Not at no. That's no that's another one of those um, very traumatizing Disney movies. Really? Because well, those... Oh, you would, but Bambi wasn't a traumatizing yeah. enough for you? No, but I mean, the, you know, the, the, the redneck adults there. Mm. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> What year was the Black Cauldron? Uh, that was 85. That'll yeah. be next year. Yeah. We'll that, that was traumatizing. Mm. It was, but... Uh, I don't know, for me, the Fox and the Hound. No, for me, Fox and the Hound is traumatizing. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, I think it was a good conversation. Yeah. I'd say you. So. Very, very good. Excellent. Sorry, Thank sorry. you, everybody, um, for helping out, especially Chris, especially uh, Steve, Ape Cod. Thank you for giving us your, your personal musings. Yes. Uh, so we're going to cut short on some of the segments today. Um, we're going to only do two. Uh, no stupid stupid this week, because I'm sure we could find something. But Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to Trailer Park, where we're going to be talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy. We arrested these five on Xandar. Check out the rap sheets. Drax. A.K.A. the Destroyer. Since his wife and family were killed, he's been on a rampage across the galaxy in his search for vengeance. Gamora, soldier, assassin, wanted on over a dozen counts of murder. Rocket, wanted on over 50 charges of vehicular theft and escape from lockup. What the hell? Groot, he's been traveling recently as Rocket's personal houseplant slash muscle. Peter Jason Quill. He's also known as Star-Lord. Who calls him that? Himself, mostly. He's wanted largely on charges of minor assault, public intoxication, and fraud. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know how this machine worked. Hey, hey, hey. That's mine. You son of a... Hey! Take those headphones off right now! Ah! 
themselves the guardians of the galaxy. What a bunch of a-holes. Alright, anybody who had any doubts that this movie is not going to be fucking awesome, I think those doubts are gone now. No, it's... Even even me, as the the resident DC fanboy, I have to say... I cannot wait to see Guardians of the Galaxy. And I, I, I've had this conversation with you before, Andy, about yeah. Marvel taking risks. And I, I, I've said it. If you're going to Guardians of the Galaxy, you're going down into obscure... You're, 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 you're scraping the bottle. But the fact that this looks so good... and so, It looks so different. It's Well, here's the thing, too. <clears throat> I think that they played the trailer smart by introducing the characters in the trailer... Yes. As opposed then, to being like just a whole bunch of like little clips of stuff that they're doing, and then you, like what the hell is that raccoon doing? But you know, you know what did it for me in the trailer was the song. Oh yeah, Ooga, when they brought in the song. It's like Shaka. Exactly, you know. But it's 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 a different it's a different type of Marvel movie. Everyone yeah. has said that essentially since they started filming it, it was right. it was they're going to be played for laughs. Um, I mean that thing with John C. Riley. Yeah. It's oh the, yeah. The hell, the Nova Corps. Yeah. <laughs> what a bunch of a holes. <laughs> Well, here's the funny thing, too. If the Nova Corps played out correctly or well, mm-hmm. that's already a step above what they did with the Green Lantern Corps, the Green oh, Lantern yeah. movie. Jesus. The, <laughs> the, the, the less said about that, the best. Exactly. Uh, the thing I've heard most um, that you know, most impressed people about this trailer is that, um, I mean, the, the basic premise for most comic book movie uh, trailers... Uh, to show off what a badass the hero is. Right here, you got Star Lord. Yeah, and he, he's like got. Yeah, he, he's standing in the in like the weird tomb. Yeah, you got these guys coming at him with guns. You're like, okay, he's gonna show up. Oh no, he just drops. Like, okay, I'm backing up, backing yeah. up. And, and then, the fact that he but, named himself. But the right, yeah, but the look on his face, he's like Star Lord, and and the guy's like, who's that? Come on, you know, it's me. It's like. <laughs> And then, like, I mean, they're, they're in the prison, and he's, like, he's like getting, like, pissed off at that guy because he stole his Walkman. Walkman. He's, like, kill, and the, then he the, gets tased. The, the fact that he's got a Walkman, <laughs> you know, like, I took a cell Walkman. I, I think he was, I think the whole plot line is he, he was taken from Earth in, like, the 80s. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, like yeah. I said, you, you know, if you, if you read Guardians of the Galaxy, or you know the story, you kind of understand what's going on, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, but the other thing, too, there's that meme going around, too, that, you know, son... We're not ready for a Wonder Woman movie yet. Marvel, Marvel says, "Well, here's a here's a raccoon. He's a talking raccoon. What, riding a tree, <laughs> a sentient tree. His resident houseplant." Well, here's the thing too. All right, because the other argument now is, is it going to be the big first Marvel bomb? Because it's not that well. It's it's not, not that, that well known. known. Here's the thing. It's in August. It's being released in August, which is the doldrums now for summer. Yeah. There aren't a whole lot of movies that, that get a lot of traction. So having a big budget movie in the middle of August, yeah. when all, everything else is coming gone. I mean, hell, I mean, what Captain America is coming out next month. Yes, right? yep. uh, X Men is in May. Spider Man is May or April for Spider Man. No, Spider Man's May. Okay, so that's it. Um, yeah, and then I think Transformers will be July because they they reserved the July Fourth weekend to ruin yeah. the entire month and our childhood memories once again. Uh, Another thing I've heard about this movie is that like the the you know, the Disney and Marvel people just told Game James Gunn make this a James Gunn movie. Yeah, and it's absolutely the right direction. For Fine. Us. Well, you know what, and that's the thing, and I'll give Marvel credit for and Disney, especially Disney. 
And this is where Warner Brothers and DC are totally dropping the ball. Marvel is its own studio, and Disney is given a complete or right. a, yeah. a, a lot of autonomy to say, this is your, your, your gig, you guys go and do it. If Warner Brothers was smart, they would set up a, Disney, a DC studio. But the thing is, though, is that Warner Brothers is DC. Right. It's, it's, it's but everything it, is in-house. But, but they got to separate it, you know. It, well, the same argument right. can be made with DC and uh, With Disney the TV, with, with, with CW versus... Right. Yeah. No, I understand, I understand where you're counting at. Right. But it, but it also goes to that the heads of Marvel, Kevin Feige and everybody else, are saying, are going to the directors, make this your movie. This is your movie. You do what you... As long as you tie it into the larger universe... Yep. Zack Snyder is not getting that. Zack Snyder is getting direction from Warner Brothers saying, this is what you have to do. Mm. You know? Yeah. So. Actually, they had a great thing on uh, Honest Trailer. They were doing uh, 300 before the new 300 movie comes out. And they're like, from the graphic novel, the guy who made Batman cool again. <laughs> and the director that's probably going to make him suck again. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't, I can't wait. So I, honestly, I'm I'm really looking forward to the next trailer because I'm sure that they're going to have some uh, audio from for Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, well, I don't think well, Bradley, no, Cooper's, actually, Bradley Cooper hasn't recorded. It. No, no, he, no has, he, has, he, has. he has. And there's actually a little feature. Yeah, I've seen that. that has, you get like I mean, one line. One line, but no, still, it's going to be funny. And I want to hear "I Am Groot" from Vin Diesel. No, that's. <laughs> I don't know how many takes that's going to go. <laughs> All right, so uh, finally, let's wrap up with some shills real quick. Joe, you got anything you want to shill this week? I am going to shill the. Thor Dark World Blu-ray release. Mm. Oh, yes. I just I picked it up last week, and I have to say, it is so, so good. Again, mm. as a DC fanboy, as a resident DC fanboy, i got to give Marvel all the credit in the world. I mean, the, the first Thor movie was such a surprise. Yeah. And it was so good, because when, you hear, when, I, when I heard that Kenneth Branagh was going to direct it, and it's like, you're, you're expecting like Shakespearean Thor and stuff yeah. like that, but he did such a good job. This movie, even though it's not Kenneth Branagh, directing, it's Alan Parker who did Alan Parker. Uh, not, not Alan Parker, Game, Alan Game Taylor who Alan, did yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, it is so much better than the first one. It's so good. I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun, and of course, as always, Tom Hiddleston, um, Tom Hiddleston, Hiddleston yeah. Yeah. steals the show as Loki. Can't wait. Um, did, it's sitting upstairs. Did you watch Hail to the King? I did, and yes. the, the one shot is, and the the great thing about this mo- the this movie is, it just drops so many references to the larger, you know, just so it's right. it's a geek spoiler bonanza. Yeah, you know, so. and well, there's also where your tie-ins to Guardians of the Galaxy are right. too. Oh so, yeah, so. yeah, I'm I'm it's sitting upstairs from Netflix. Wait to watch it. Definitely. Highly recommended. Mike. Uh, I am going to shill the WWE Network. Yeah, how's that working out for you? Quite well, actually. Right, I mean, honestly, I, I I proved some of the older matches. That's not the big draw for me. The big draw for me is like all the the, the behind the scenes uh, interviews. All right. Like um, they've done, they've released uh, so far two like the, the big documentaries. They've done the Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart right. documentary. And they've done the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin documentary. Huh. Okay. Uh, I think, I think uh, next week they're, yeah, I think next week they're coming out with the Rock documentary. Okay. Now are these the the ones that they've already done. I think so. Right. But they've also had like these this series of uh, shows that I guess they did on something, uh, but uh, it's called the uh, The Legends of Wrestling. Okay. Hosted by Mean Gene Okerlund, and he has like a, a panel of uh, four others. Um, yeah. 
and they just talk about like they did one show on factions, they did one show on the best and worst uh, like tag uh, tag teams. Okay, um, it's showing from us then. Best and worst gimmicks, <laughs> gimmick wrestlers. They mentioned that the um, the guy with the the glittery um, stormtrooper Gl- helmet. Oh, Shockmaster! Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's all old stuff, by the way. Yeah, I know, I know, but yeah. I've never seen it before, and it's no. very entertaining. That's new to you. Yeah. Excellent. Autumn, do you have anything you want to uh, push this week? Um, well, can I do something unrelated to comics? Sure. Uh, for a total change of pace, for people who are sick of sequels and prequels and rehashes and movies that are made into musicals, um, Sting is writing a musical coming to Broadway this fall. We saw the concept concert for The Last Ship. It sounds like it's going to be different and really interesting with some good music. It's about a young man coming of age during the death of the uh, shipbuilding industry in like northern England in the 70s. Yeah. And we, we heard the song. Sting's not going to be in it. He's just writing the music. But it it sounds really, really good. And it, it's, you know, it's something to watch. It's something different. It's something too. different, which is very rare in Broadway musicals lately because everything, again, is like, yeah. let's take a stupid 80s movie and make it into a musical. <laughs> but, um, You're not talking about Footloose, are you? Footloose <laughs> is just one of many, Mike. Yeah, one Spider-Man many. movie. <laughs> oh God! You know, something to have on the radar for the people who like to follow the theater scene. The yeah. last ship. Keep Julie Tamer away. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nope. So um, I've actually got two books to show. Uh, they're both making a Star Wars book, the making of Empire Strikes Back and making a Return of the Jedi by J. W. Rensler. Um, these essentially what they've done is back to the 30th anniversary of Star Wars. They released a coffee table book. Mm-hmm. It was this enormous thing. Um, great book, very comprehensive, lots of, of notes, lots of behind-the-scenes stuff, but it's a big paper book. When they released the um, Making of Empire Strikes Back for its 30th anniversary, um, they, they, they made it a limited edition thing. It was like $80 for the book, and it's just, no one's going to pay that. But what they did was they decided to release ebook versions of all three of the books, um, you know, and most particularly the ones I've, I'm reading right now, The Empire Strikes Back, which I finished, and The Return of the Jedi. And what they've done is, it's the same overly comprehensive volumes about the making of, of, of both movies, but they're also enhanced versions, too. So the ebooks are giving you embedded videos of Ooh, makeup wow. tests and puppet tests. And there's this great one that they have in Return <laughs> of the Jedi where they're doing a test of the speeder bikes. And they're actually using 12-inch Star Wars figures, like the ones with like the real hair. Oh, yeah. The Megos. Um, to te- yeah, to test them out. And they've got, like, uh, Boba Fett <laughs> on one of the bikes doing, a, like, a speeder bike troop, you know, speeder oh, yeah. troop, you know, bike trooper. The scout trooper. Yeah. Um, they're very entertaining reads because it's very, there's a lot that went on that we, that we didn't know about. Hmm. You know, to kind of supplement that, there's a, there's a Facebook page that I follow um, called the, uh, about the droid editor uh-huh. laser discs. Oh, of Return of the Jedi. 
which has all the cut scenes and everything, you know, all the original yeah. edits and everything for uh, Return of the Jedi. Hmm. So that'd be pretty good to uh, follow along with that. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. So, Oops. yeah, that's a lot of good stuff. So, thank you, everybody. So, we got another show coming up pretty soon. Um, <laughs> what are we thinking now? Three weeks? Yeah, two or three weeks. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Uh, we're going to take it in a different direction for episode 96. We're going to be talking all about board games. Yes, that's right. Parker Brothers made me their bitch. Um, we're going to be talking all and about... Mattel. Huh? And Mattel. And a whole bunch of others. LGN. Hasbro. Or How Risk Made Me Ruin My Friendships. Yeah, pretty much. Um, they you sold my be... battleship, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to be board games, per se, that are played on a board. So, yeah, Battleship, Risk, Stratego. Stratego. Connect 4. Sorry. Jenga. Jenga. Yeah. Anything that essentially has ruined friendships and family relationships... Uh, we want to hear about it. Win, um, lose, or draw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we, we definitely want to hear about it. So uh, give us your feedback at our uh, email address, geeksalad at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also check out our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter, at Geek Salad Radio. Um, you can also check out our, um, our archive at our website, www.geeksalad.podbean.com, as well as using the Stitcher or iTunes apps. Um, yeah, tons of stuff, tons of ways yeah. to get in touch with us. Joe, do you have anything you want to um? Do you want you want to uh, put out your Twitter for everybody so they can yeah, follow it's, you? Yeah, uh, it's Joe Andrews Roman numeral three at, at Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> at Twitter. <laughs> so, um, Joe, thanks a lot for coming, Autumn. Thank, thank you. Yes. Thank you. It's always good. I could not have carried that never-ending story uh, conversation without you, hon. <laughs> <laughs> so, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you soon. Show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown.